0: You're listening to Mornings with Kelly and Steve on Moody Radio, from the word to life. We've got to settle in now for a conversation now with Dr. Mark Caleb Smith. He is the director of the Center for Political Studies at... Cedarville University. And he's joining us this morning because we just passed our midterm elections and the balance of power is uh, yet to be determined. We've got some runoffs that are still yet to be uh, done. We've got some states who are still counting. Local elections are over and things um, ultimately, Kelly, the expectation of this red wave has been redefined as a red ripple, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, there is certainly, again, this, um, what is seemingly this, uh, uh, what would I call it, almost a stalemate, where we've got two sides just dug into one another, and we are just teetering the slightest bit back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, and we'll see where power falls in the next couple of days, but help us make some sense of this. Dr. Mark Caleb Smith joining us. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. How are you? I'm doing fine. How are you guys doing? We're doing okay. Well, that red wave turned into that red ripple, as everybody had been anticipating, but uh, now we've got some runoff elections, and this is where we start to begin seeing people really digging in, holding their position, and really not having kind discourse in social media or even on the mainstream media outlets. What's the Christian response to all of this, Dr. Smith? Uh, it's a great question,
1: <clears throat> and I don't think it's one that we ask enough during these kind of heated times. Uh, I, a couple of things to keep in mind. Uh, one is, no matter what happens with the elections, no matter who wins a runoff, no matter which party is in control, the Senate or the House uh, or the White House, uh, God is still on his throne. You know, it doesn't change that. It doesn't change uh, his overseeing of all these things and the fact that all of this is unfolding Uh, ultimately to fulfill His purposes and to achieve His glory. And so, as much as we can get caught up in the day-to-day of politics, um, in the end, you know, there are more important things. And I think we always need to remind ourselves of that. Uh, The other thing I think, though, as you said, you know, there's so much strife and so much division and polarization that it's difficult sometimes to remember that the people on the other side uh, are made in the image of God, they're in need of God's grace, And uh, we need to think hard and carefully about what we say and how we interact with people, because at the end of the day, we want them to enter the kingdom of God. And so no matter what we do politically, I think we should be uh, very aware that we're always in a condition of witnessing to to non-believers. And so to me, those things should really guide our political activity uh, more than uh, how you're going to vote or which party you belong to. Those are extraordinarily important. Uh, but I think we have to have our priorities in order first.
2: I could not agree more. And you know what Steve said about seeing how things are playing out on social media in particular. And then you turn on the television and it's just as bad anymore. Um, right. It's it's very frustrating. It's very disheartening. And I really appreciate what you said about remembering that even though someone else may be on the other side of the political aisle from you, that person is made in the image of God also, and God is working out his purpose and his plan among us and for his own purposes. But um, Dr. Smith, I would love it if you could uh, just speak on how you would encourage someone to really stop and take that personal inventory, if you would, before they head to the polls with the next round of elections, or even now, post-midterm, and really analyze, am I approaching this as I should as a Christian? Because we've talked a lot uh, over the last two, three, four years about um, Christian nationalism, and this is a problem. We tend to think that uh, you know we, we have certain very strong views when it comes right. to Christianity and what that means for our country and how things should be, but that's not correct.
1: Well, I, I think... Th- And I think you're getting at a really critical issue that we are uh, in the process of dividing over and arguing over within the evangelical community. Um, Some people perceive the Christian life in America in the 21st century as being in a state of perpetual conflict, you know, that we're in a culture war, and that culture war means that we need to have our loins girded, we need to have our weapons ready, and that's how we just simply approach life and approach our existence. And I think that does sort of feed into that kind of Christian nationalist mindset. You know, we're here to do battle. We're here to do battle for the soul of the country. And whatever it takes, it takes, we're going to, uh, to fight. I understand the mentality of that. And I understand our culture is changing dramatically. And we're involved in some really important discussions. Uh, where, uh, the pro-life issue is on the ballot on Tuesday. So I, I understand the stakes of that. At the same time, I think we have to pull back and realize uh, that media outlets, and not yours, but media outlets and social media outlets, uh, they thrive on conflict. Uh, one phrase that I really love describing them is conflict, conflict entrepreneurs. They benefit <laughs> from conflict. They, raise, they make money, they raise power, um, they get devotion through conflict. And so we have to take a step back, I think, sometimes and, and disconnect from that. Yeah, you know, Whether that means unplugging from social media for a little bit, uh, whether that means just taking some time with you and your family, uh, gravitating toward media outlets that aren't political at all, or that aren't dealing with political news very much, uh, maybe picking up a newspaper sometimes instead of uh, logging onto Twitter. Uh, but I think that we're just all, too many of us are invested in this conflict, mm-hmm. and because of that, it's affecting the way that we live, the way that we think, and even the way that we interact with other people. Uh, I've heard, you know, it's anecdotal, but I've heard story after story of people. You know, uh, I decided to, to disconnect from Twitter, and now I feel so much better about myself. You know, I decided to stop Instagram, and now uh, I see the world a little bit differently. I think we've got to think about these things um, critically, and I think we have to have some real honest, hard conversations about it. But so many of us are invested in the division that uh, even making these kinds of comments ironically, seems divisive to people.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that is so confounding, though, is that dependent upon the outlet that you look to, whether right. you go to Time or CNN or Fox, it just doesn't matter what your source no, is. That's right. There no. is not a cohesiveness across no. all of these media outlets. And locally here, I had seen on Tuesday evening, it was just within... 20 minutes of polls closing that you know one percent of re, you know precincts reporting and they were local outlets that had already called races one yeah. percent you know and they were like well and the projected winner is and and they were calling these things and when we look at it we see this you know for the Senate 50 to win but we see 49 48 right now and then you go right. to another source and it's 48 48 we go to other sources right. and right. we were it's just that there seems to be no cohesiveness which then leads to that distrust which then leads That's to right. strong opinion and you know infighting uh, even in in our homes or on in our communities what are we to make of that where do we find true data for this type of thing
1: you know i think that uh, for me when i approach the news i try to get a good dose of of all perspectives as much as i can and so yeah. I have a list of fair, of right-leaning publications that I look into. I have a list of left-leaning publications that I look into. Um, I try to look at some blogs that are a little bit more middle of the road, perhaps. I also pay for some news, and I understand in this day and age a lot of people don't want to pay for news, but I subscribe to some news outlets that I think give me a little bit more balanced information, and so I think that's a good place to start. But I think when you look at the election coverage, you know, I didn't really pay a lot of attention to the commentary. I didn't turn on the cable news channel or uh, look at the social media feed as much. But I looked at the websites that were aggregating vote totals, you know, uh, Politico, CNN, New York Times. They all had these sort of here's your state, click on it, see the vote results roll in and just look at the numbers. And to me, that's way more uh, beneficial than listening to people spin these results constantly. Because again, the spin is, it's just that, it's spin. It's not factual mm-hmm. information, it's just, here's how we want you to think about it, so let's just throw it into the mix.
2: Well, Dr. Smith, one more quick question for you, too, because I know yeah. some uh, some churches will address all things political from the pulpit, others will not, right. and right. Um, I, I feel for every pastor that is serving a church oh, right now, yeah, because sure. yeah. their congregations are having issues, and uh, how how would you encourage them listening this morning and how they should approach these things?
1: Yeah, I think for the most part, uh, you need to let the Word of God speak for the Word of God. Um, I think if you're taking a political issue and inserting it into the Word of God, then that's a problem, regardless of whether you're on the right or the left. Uh, scripture speaks to lots of political things, but it doesn't speak to every immediate political issue in the way that sometimes we want it to. And so when you're going there and pulling out the headlines of the day, uh, chances are you're reading something into the text that's just simply not there. If you're working your way through the book of Romans and you get to chapter 13 and Paul talks about the authorities that are over us, well, that's that's the word of God speaking to politics. And it's worth discussing and it's worth learning in depth. But, you know, searching scripture for uh, how to vote next Tuesday or which issue we should spend the most time on, I think that's where you start to get into real uh, difficult discussions because it's so tempting to draw too broad of an inference from Scripture and to reach conclusions that just simply aren't supported by the text and so uh, I think let the Word of God speak for itself and that takes care of any of these problems at least from a biblical perspective it isn't going to always satisfy a congregation some people are going to want the pastor to speak out on particular issues uh, and for me I think pastors need to resist that
0: well, Dr. Smith, uh, you know, we can't look at the midterms without understanding what does that look like in two years. Everybody, of course, trying to uh, figure out what is this going to look like. And, of course, former President Donald Trump announcing that he is going to make a large announcement next week, the possible uh, run for reelection into that role. So this is the 800-pound gorilla in the room. What is the midterm and the outcome here uh, of the Senate and the power that hangs in the balance right now uh, and for the House mean toward the two uh, two years out when we are looking at presidential elections?
1: Uh, I think that uh, the midterm elections actually hurt former President Trump pretty significantly mm-hmm. uh, in his efforts to win the Republican nomination. Uh some of the candidates that he backed underperformed, you know, when you think of Pennsylvania, when you think of Georgia uh, and elsewhere, and I think that could end up costing the re- Republicans uh, control of the Senate. And uh, you're already hearing a lot of politicians uh, take shots at the former president and really begin to ask the party to move in a different direction. And so I think he was damaged pretty significantly. I think he's still probably though the most po- uh, popular and powerful uh, figure within the Republican party. And so It's still his nomination to lose, I think. But uh, I think someone like Governor DeSantis in Florida is now pretty well positioned to take him on and make it probably an interesting uh, fight. Now, if multiple candidates jump in, you know, five or six or seven Republicans jump into the race, and I think that benefits former President Trump pretty dramatically. And so we'll have to see it unfold. On the Democratic side, you know, I think Joe Biden has to be strengthened a bit through this process. Uh, when you look at all the numbers as they end up, even if Democrats lose control of the House and maybe even the Senate by a seat, they did fairly well according to historical standards. And given the inflation that was present, uh, given the political climate that existed for Democrats to sort of, you know, hold off the worst case scenario, I think is actually uh, pretty good for, for President Biden. And so uh, I, you know, but two years is a long time. Yeah, you know, a lot can change over the next six months, uh, much less twelve months or twenty-four months. And so, uh, but but your inclinations are correct. The presidential election, I think, has officially started.
0: Yes, it yes. Has. Well, Doctor Mark Caleb Smith, we thank you for taking time to be with us on the program this morning. God bless you, brother. We appreciate you. You're listening to Mornings with Kelly and Steve on Moody Radio from the Word to Life.